0: Welcome to the Deep Fried Bets podcast. Blake and Boomer are here for all of your weekly winners. Let's fatten up your wallet.
1: All right, my friends, we're back. Sorry for the week off, but it's the Deep Fried Bets podcast. It's chapter 3.8. Boomer's here. And as always, it's brought to you by MyBookie.ag. The quickest payouts in the business. Uh, they're still giving us a 100% bonus. Promo code Fried, all caps, MyBookie.ag. Y'all go check them out. Uh, it's the only place I trust. It's where I take all my action. Uh, Boomer, welcome back. As I said, uh, we, we missed last week, but uh, hey, it's good to be back in, in the saddle.
2: Yeah, the only thing that I hate about missing last week is I... I cost everybody to listen to this podcast so much money by not giving out more picks than we're giving on Twitter. And I'm not on Twitter personally because I think it's the devil. But I uh, just had about 17 of them in the back pocket. Yeah. Made a lot of money for myself. And I feel a little bit greedy that I didn't give it out to everybody else.
1: Yeah, we did. We killed it. Both of us went four and two on official Twitter plays, uh, which was I said was our vault and lock. Um and then I gave you a lot more Twitter plays. It was a really good weekend, it really was, and that's what I said. But you know, last weekend just kind of explain we I had a work event run a little late Wednesday, so that's why we didn't do it. And Thursday we had a couple of guests fall through, and we didn't want to come back to back without any guests, so that's why we didn't we didn't come at you last week. Um, and It was just, you know, wasn't the most inspiring slate. Turned out to be a great weekend, but, you know, you can't always predict that. But speaking of guests, we got a really good one tonight. Uh, Really excited about this. Peter Burns, uh, y'all know him from SEC Network, ESPN, uh, college football guys. Really good stuff. Uh, We'll get to him here in a minute. But, uh, like I said, Peter Burns is going to join us here in just a minute. Um, But, yeah, so let's, like I said, we both went four and two on our official, like, podcast picks last week as far as the vault and uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin like of the week. And so that brings my overall total on podcast picks to 47 and 49 and Boomers at 52 and 46. We're not great. Uh I'm I'm losing, not great, but we're going to get back there in the green. Uh Boomer's still making me a little bit of money, but we just got to keep hammering, keep having these good 9 and 6 weekends. Boomer and and you know, we're just going to keep it up.
2: Well, there's another one coming up this weekend cuz there's a lot of good spots for a lot of good teams. Mo- most of all the games that come on CBS Sports Network, those, like, those, those are my picks. So I that's mean, that's where I like of, to keep my bread and butter.
1: Classic action on the Sports Network. Um, but so, uh, speaking of, like, Twitter picks, I mentioned those a minute ago. So, give out, you know, obviously you tweet out the podcast and all that, but I do a lot of NFL stuff on Twitter. And so I sat back the other day and I, I calculated all my, like, official Twitter picks, stuff that I, you know, give it getting out official picks on there and – for the college football season, it's all right. It's twenty-nine, thirty-three, and three. But the NFL, this is my NFL picks that I'm giving out, out Deep Fried bet, at Deepfried Bets on Twitter, free to follow. I'm not charging you a damn thing. Thirty-seven and seventeen in the NFL. Like you you can't pay a capper to give you better winning percentage than that. So it's free, it's at Deep Fried Bets on Twitter. Just tell your friends. Like, that's all you got to do. You don't even have to do that, but we want you to. I mean, why not spread spread the wealth a little bit? Um, So we'll get to some more NFL I, picks here in a minute.
2: I I cannot believe that you just went ahead and threw out that you suck at picking college football games right there.
1: I mean, it is – I mean, what if I finished at like 60% in the last three years on college football? So it's down, but we're going to get back. You know, history always repeats itself, man.
2: I'm just saying, if you were a used car salesman, then, I mean, Jesus, you'd have about – Two Pintos and a llama bean out there on the front yard, ready to sell. Right. Trying to pedal that. As jet. of
1: right now, of course, uh, the NFL. Man, I got that shiny new Rolls Royce. I'm gonna be moving off the lot in about five minutes. Um, but no, uh, we'll get to some more of those. It's kind of a breakdown of the night show. Like I said, we got the Peter Burns interview coming up in just a second. It's really good stuff. Uh, Peter's great, uh, great interview. So you're gonna want to check that out. Next up. Uh, We're going to get to some college football games. Not the most inspiring slate again, but we'll we'll get to some of the games. Then we've got some NFL for you. And then, as always, we'll get to the (coughs) vault and the stone cold. Steve Austin, lock of the week. But let's get to that uh, Peter Burns interview. Again, Peter from the SEC Network. Y'all check this out. It's really good stuff. Uh, All right, folks. We'd like to welcome Peter Burns uh, to the Deep Fried Bets podcast. Peter comes to us from ESPN, the SEC Network. Uh, You can find him. On Twitter at Peter Burns ESPN. Peter, how you doing this evening?
0: Good. I like anything deep fried. So whenever you guys ask me to be on it, I'm like, this is a perfect fit. Uh, luckily, I'm a skinny guy, so I can eat all the all the bad food that I want, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're,
1: uh, we're down here in the South, so you know, I figured, what better way to uh, to get the gambling thing incorporated than deep fried? i was
0: going to say, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm fine with that. I uh, I like raisin canes. I mean, anything basically. If you put it, if you put it deep fried or chicken. I'm in good shape. So, uh,
1: yeah, I'll I'll work with that. Nice. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us. Um, So let's talk about the college football season a little bit. We're in week eight already coming up this weekend starting uh, tonight. The actual game start, and then we've got big SEC slate this weekend. So what are your thoughts of the season so far?
0: Uh, You know, I kind of think it's it's, there hasn't been a ton of surprises. I think for the most part we kind of thought – um, You know, what What, what we saw, I, I think we go back and look at probably what happened between Ohio State and Oklahoma. Right. I, I I was surprised, Uh not necessarily that that happened, even though, I mean, it, you know, Baker Mayfield was fantastic. I was surprised he planted the flag in the middle of the field. That was <laughs> awesome. Uh, but I was surprised how many people rode off Ohio State that early. And, you know, now with J.P. Barrett looking a little bit better, uh, I think that's probably been one of the biggest surprises to me. Uh, very surprised, obviously, that Syracuse was able to beat Clemson. I thought Clemson, um, with their defense, really just was not going to get shook. Uh, and, and if they were going to fall, it was going to fall on a Friday night. So I think that was a little shocking. And, and frankly, last weekend, I thought what shocked me was LSU beating Auburn. Right. Uh, you know, I thought Auburn. Um, you know, as far as their defense had been clicking, Jared still looked a whole lot better. This is a team that was ripe with confidence. Um, and I mean, no, you get up to a twenty nothing lead. I could argue the the twenty nothing you know blown lead to LSU was just as bad if not worse than what a And M did uh, against UCLA in week one when they blew a thirty four point lead on the road. So um, you know a few surprises, but overall kind of uh, kind of what we thought we'd see. Alabama's pretty solid, Penn State's pretty solid, Michigan's defense looks good, uh, and then the Georgia Bulldogs are uh, are holding their own. Right. So who's the,
1: who's the most disappointing team to you this far? Is it, is it Florida State or do you have another team?
0: Uh, I almost get Florida State. It's a good question. I almost get Florida State a pass simply for the fact that I think that the team just really just – they were thrown for such a loop and DeAndre Francois went down. Right. So, you know, I, I almost feel bad for them that uh, I think that, you know, all of a sudden you got to put in uh, a, a guy that hasn't been there before, the offensive line. Head their has you know hung their head for a little bit. So um, I don't really give it that much. I, I probably am more disappointed with the Florida Gators uh, and even Tennessee. I think both of them deserve more fights than they've got from their guys. I'm I'm disappointed in Florida for the fact that you know you have Antonio Callaway and Jordan Scarlett. You know the two the best running back and best wide receiver. I was disappointed that you know they made selfish decisions that basically got themselves and, and seven other people on that team off the team. Um, I was disappointed in that. And I was, I was kind of disappointed that I thought Tennessee would show some fight for Butch Jones this year. And I think once, you know, things got tough, I think a lot of people checked out uh, in, in that locker room. And, um, I mean, those are probably the two biggest disappointments that I've seen. And, of course, they come from one division, the SEC
1: East. Right. So you kind of mentioned Butch Jones. I, th- I think it's pretty safe to say that he's kind of a dead man walking at this point. Is there any, any chance that McElwain gets under some heat towards the end of the season?
0: I mean there's gonna be pressure, but it's definitely not to a situation to where you know hey we're going to look at going in a different direction I mean simply for the fact of what I said, I mean you know he didn't tell those kids to to get in trouble before the season um you know, and he didn't tell half of his team i mean last week I think they had twenty three percent of their roster uh was on unav- un- unavailable to play, whether that be through suspensions or or injuries so um yeah, you know, I, mean, I think for them, what they look at is he needs to commit to Felipe Franks if he believes that's going to be the guy. And, and they need to develop an offense that, that, you know, is going to showcase what they can do. I mean, you know, Allen was brought in from, from his time at Colorado State, and I followed him when I was in Denver, uh, and he turned Colorado State into an offensive juggernaut within his third year. Now, granted, he's been dealing with, you know, duct tape and wire at the quarterback position, but, they need to get a little bit better. They need to have a game plan. They don't really necessarily have one right now. So um, I don't think there's pressure. I mean, McElwain took two kind of bad teams um, to the SEC championship game. Uh, he won the East twice, so that then itself will, will buy him some time. But he needs to make sure next year this team this team's ready to go offensively.
1: Okay. What about Gus Malzahn? We're uh, we're down here in Alabama, so I know that's kind of a hot button issue around here. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not – listen, I think it was still kind of a feeling-out process with him and Chip, and Chip Lindsey. I think that they had kind of right at the ship until they found an LSU team that had got healthy at the right time. And, and, and you know, I mean, I, I almost give Auburn a weird pass because I look at it and go, how could they have game-planned a little bit different? Because they got uber – I mean, huge vanilla conservative against LSU in that second half. But then I also look at it and go – well, here's the deal. Um, had they passed the ball and it not worked and they lost that game, we would have been ripping them to shreds for saying, why didn't you run the ball? Right. Um, so, I, you know, I mean, for Gus, he needs to make sure, obviously, this doesn't tailspin into, you know, three losses in a row and then they get killed in the mm-hmm. Iron Bowl. Then all bets are off. But I think they're too talented to do that. I think defensively they have enough playmakers. I think the, the way that they can run the ball and, and with Stidham, I, I, I think they just have too much potential for, for Gus to kind of be in trouble. Now, will there be people upset with it? Yeah, I mean, there'll be people upset. But as long as he doesn't lose, you know, three more games and get blown out in the Iron Bowl, Gus, Gus ain't going nowhere, nor, nor should he.
1: Okay. So let's, uh, let's kind of take a look ahead to this weekend. Um, got a couple of big matchups. What are some of the games you're looking forward to most?
0: Uh, I mean, I, I think what's going to be a fun game is, is LSU Ole Miss. Because I have zero clue which team shows up on both right. sides. You know, what I mean? is this going to be the old Miss team that that lost the cow and, and looked disinterested, or is this going to be the old Miss team that blew the doors off of, of a fairly talented but beat up Vandy team? Um, and again, I, I, I listen. I said before the season on a lot of interviews and podcasts when I host Bomb, LSU could go ten and two, and they could go six and six, and nothing would surprise me. And it's almost like a week to week thing for LSU right now. is, which team shows up. So I, I, I'm intrigued with that one. And I'm also really intrigued about Alabama-Tennessee. I mean, I mean, it's just nuts. You, you know, Tennessee is a 35-point yep. underdog. That's just, I, you know, I feel bad for CBS executives because every time they put Alabama on, they get a blowout, right? It may be another blowout this week. So I think I'm really intrigued to see, uh, and I think John Curry, the athletic director, is really intrigued to see what type of fight Tennessee puts up because – you know, I mean, what happens if Butch, you know, Butch Jones? Of course, as we talked about earlier in this podcast, always, you know, dead man walking. But all right, what happens if he shocks the world and wins this game? Because after this, the schedule gets surprisingly easy. So, um, you know, this may be this may be Butch's last stand. But uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to those two games for sure. Okay,
1: yeah, that LSU Ole Miss, you know, kind of saw the line start trickling at uh, six and a half. Did that surprise you at all?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it just because they just don't know anything about these squads right now. I mean, you definitely don't want to make it outside of a two, you know, a touchdown, um, you know, a, a touchdown spread. And for no other reason, you know, that, that's just a lot of points to be laying. But, um, I, yeah, I think so. I think LSU, I talked to people out in their program this week, they, they're getting guys healthy. They should get another guy back in their offensive line, which is going to be huge defensively. You know, I mean, last, a couple of weeks ago, they had to have Art Key basically play. A D lineman and I mean you know he's getting pushed around he's only 260 pounds versus 350 pounds guy. so um yeah I mean it, I don't think it shocks me I don't know what the over and under of that game is but I would expect there's going to be a massive amount of points for I, if I had to guess I don't know what that over under is but I would say it's probably close to 60 would uh would, would, would be my guess
1: okay yeah LSU Ole Miss over under yep right at 59 and a half so
0: There you go. Yeah, that's a lucky guess. Every once in a while, I get one right. So
1: So lots of points there. Okay, so do you see any big upsets this weekend? You know, last weekend, we're usually good for one of those a year in college football where you see a lot of top 10 teams go down to some unranked teams. Do you see anything big like that happening this weekend?
0: You know, I I think you need to have a week like last week to kind of understand, hey, listen, this can happen to any team at any time. Um, you know, I, I've talked to some coaches where they love to have a bye week during the week where chaos reigns because they can look at every single one of their guys and go, hey, man, this is what we need to make sure doesn't happen to our fans. right? <laughs> um, so I think that's, I think that's intriguing. I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see Kentucky, Mississippi State. Yeah, you know, I mean, I know that that's not going to make a huge, you know, be a huge radar national game, but, the fact that Kentucky is almost a two-touchdown underdog to to Mississippi State I think is interesting because, um, you know, if, if if there's something that Kentucky can do right now, if they can stop the run pretty well. Uh, and that's really kind of all Mississippi State can do. I mean, they've got so many wide receiver issues. Nick Fitzgerald hasn't taken that next step as, as a passer. And, I, you know, I know Mississippi State plays better at home, but I don't know if they're two touchdowns better talent-wise uh, than Kentucky. So I, I, if I had to look for one that's a double-digit underdog, especially here in the SEC, I, I, I really like Kentucky in that game.
1: Okay. All right, we'll get you out of here on this. You know, we've talked about some team performances. Let's, uh, let's kind of look at the Heisman race. Do you see any guys from the SEC that still really have a, a legitimate shot at this?
0: But it, it's tough. I mean, Stidham was going to be that name, and then obviously with them kind of crapping the bet against LSU, I think his, his hopes uh, of any outside run uh, are gone. Darius Geis has never been 100%, um, so you throw them out. So really the only two that you kind of look at having a shot, um, and I don't think it'll be Nick Chubb simply for the fact that they've got four good running backs at, 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 at Georgia, and Kirby's trying to keep them all healthy. The same thing with Alabama. I mean, David and Harry, Damian Harris, Would be one of those guys, but everybody still wants to talk about Bo Starborough right now, so he doesn't get that credit. So, uh, and I don't think they're going to feature Jalen Hurts enough passing the ball that he's going to get a lot of love. So, and I think that's fine with with Saban. Saban's not the individual awards; he wants all these guys to 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 be on the same page for a team. So, uh, I still think it's Saquon Barkley is the guy to beat right now. Bryce Love, obviously, the the sheer numbers he puts up, but I think it's really tough for a back back ten. Pack 12 guy to kind of win the Heisman because so many voters just have this other bias where they're not watching right. a, a ton of those games at 10 p.m. So if I had to put my money on it, my deep fried uh, my money would be uh, would be on Barkley because I think the next few weeks he's got an opportunity uh, against tough opponents to really make his way as long as he has over 150 yards total offense and I think he'll have that both weeks.
1: I agree. All right. Well, Peter, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Y'all check him out again uh, on ESPN, SEC Network, uh, on Twitter at Peter Burns, ESPN. Peter, thanks so much. Blake, thanks,
0: man. I appreciate the invite. I hope we can do it down the road. Absolutely.
1: All right. Again, thanks to Peter Burns for joining us here on the Deep Fried Bets podcast. Um, Good stuff. Really insightful stuff. Always good to get some uh, SEC Network, ESPN voices in here. Here's some good stuff. But, boom, let's talk some college football. It is week eight of the college football season, which I hate it, man. This is the fastest time of the year. But, you know, it's uh, what can you do? It's week eight. Uh, not the best weekend in terms of marquee games, but at least it's not, you know, at least game day is not at James Madison this weekend. You know, we got Penn State. We got Michigan. That's probably the most marquee matchup on the schedule. But we're gonna kick it off Thursday night. I hate that we don't get. You started. know
2: what? I want to talk. You mentioned you mentioned the uh, James Madison game day last week. Right. Talk about an upset last week. Lee Corso made it down nine airplane steps, dressed like a doofus. That was. I mean, that was some compelling stuff. People say that he's done. He's washed up. Uh, not me. That dude still got at least two more months in him.
1: Oh, all right. Well, that was the upset of the weekend then. Um, Lee Corsa down nine nine sets of stairs. Um, yes, yeah, so <laughs> we're going to kick it off Thursday night. Houston is playing Memphis. And, you know, last year this was the, the Tom Herman game, if you ask me. You know, Houston, big favorite going into that. Memphis beats them outright because it's very clear that Tom Herman was already going to Texas. But uh, you got Memphis plus three traveling to Houston – Uh, Thursday night. Boone, what's your take on this?
2: Well, you threw this one out there at the last second, but lucky for you, this was already in my balls because I absolutely love Houston in this spot right here. Getting three points or giving three points in this situation on a Thursday night against a Memphis team that had a pretty damn good win last week against Navy (laughs) makes no sense to me whatsoever. And, some people would say Houston kind of messed up their, uh, their bed sheets a little bit last week with that, uh, with that horrifying loss. Why, why set the line at three on Thursday night? I'll tell you why. Vegas, a bunch of greedy, filthy animals over there. Whenever they sniff an upset or they sniff a side, they're going to go ahead and try to get you to go the other way right now. A lot, of, a lot of tickets and a lot of action coming in on Memphis. For probable cause, I would go for him, too, if I did not already talk to a few other people on this game. Hammering Houston in the spot, it might even get down to two and a half. I'd wait. It's not going to go up unless some big money like Billy Walters comes in and hammers the Houston Cougars. Go ahead and take him. Pat, your bank account for the weekend. Okay.
1: Um <sighs> Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be on the other side on this. I hate taking this. I hate siding with the public on a one-off game like this. Almost 70% is on Memphis. But, you know, I think Houston kind of got exposed last week a little bit to who, maybe who they are. Uh, you know They've been a really lucky football team. I was reading, I think it was Bill Connolly, uh, you know, his S&P profiles on teams. And it was, it was really talking about how, They have been extremely lucky in between the 20s. Um, Their offense was like yardage and all that kind of stuff was ranked towards the bottom of FBS, but their points per game just because they had kind of got some fluky stuff. So um, I think they kind of got exposed a little bit last week. Normally what you're saying, I think obviously it does come into effect. You've got, you know, Vegas is going to try to attract some bets on this, but I think Memphis, if you're getting the points, is the right side here. I would love for it to get a three and a half, but you're right. I don't think it will. Um, but I am gonna-
2: also go ahead and throw it out there. Riley Ferguson was injured in uh, last weekend game. This is going to be a quick turnaround on Thursday night, right? Their starting quarterback, their best player.
1: Yeah, I don't love it. Um, but they played an option team last week in Navy, so kind of got the week off. Those cornerbacks should be a little fresh. Um, I think Memphis will keep it close. Maybe, maybe you know. Maybe they do keep it within the spread, but don't get the outright win. But we'll see Thursday night. I'm taking Houston, or I'm taking Memphis. Don't love it, but you man. want
2: to take Houston, though your subconscious wants you to take Houston. I mean, you're coming out here
1: loving the Cougs. It's kind of got me all fired up. But I'm still gonna, I'm gonna stick where I'm at. I'm gonna stick with the, uh, the Memphis Tigers Thursday night. So uh, next up, we got some Friday night games for you. I believe there are four Friday night matchups this weekend. Again, none of them very good, but. That's where some of the best money's made. Uh last Friday night, if you would have had a parlay with the Clemson money line along with the California money line, you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast right now cuz you'd be uh naked showering yourself with uh $1,000 reels. Uh but we got a gun a, puck, ah, a couple of Friday night games for you. Remember, we're, we're going to get to our favorite Friday night game and what is your favorite Friday night game this week?
2: Well, I'm um, just another game I absolutely love because I absolutely love making money before Saturday, so I can blow it all on Saturday afternoon, roll it into Sunday. Right here, I'm I'm a big Wolfpack guy. You know, I've been all over NC State all all year so far. They've uh, they've had quite the season, and I'm going to hop aboard the uh, Nevada Wolfpack train. Okay, I think this with the is an absolute. Think think this is an absolute perfect spot. Air Force got to get ready for another uh, Surface Academy next weekend. Um, Colorado State not a, not a terrible football team. I mean, some people might say they hang in there with the best of them. Nevada only lost by two last week. Usually, I don't. I'm not a week to week guy, but I think that was impressive. Week before they beat a super mediocre Hawaii team and. You know, I mean, they've had some bad losses along the way, but getting six and a half at home on Friday night, I I think that this is a great spot for Nevada to catch Air Force.
1: Yeah, I like that. That was my second game. But I'm going with the Lobos, New Mexico at home. Colorado State, uh, New Mexico is three and three. And they're they're sniffing a bowl, man. They're sniffing it. They got it in their sights. They have not been to a bowl in uh, forever. I think they've only been to one ever. And uh, they got hammered last week against Fresno State. Absolutely hammered. But I think this is a good comeback spot for them. The public all over Colorado State. Um, and I think this is an opportunity. You know, at home on a Friday night, New Mexico. Bob Davies. He'll have a he'll have a. People he'll have some butts in the seats out there. Um, it won't be a complete no-show by the crowd. But I think you're getting seven. You're at home. You're Friday night, and it uh, you know coming off a real bad beat last week, getting beat fifty-six and nothing. Um, I think they'll show up to play New Mexico plus seven is my favorite Friday night play. And let's get into Saturday. Uh, it's where the big boys play, and again, not the best action of all time. But we're gonna start it off in the Big Twelve. Again, Boomer, I just kind of want to talk about it a little bit because we haven't been on Oklahoma State in a while. It's been a while since we talked about the Pokes. Uh, you got Oklahoma State, the Cowboys, minus seven, traveling to Texas. Uh, Texas seven-point home dogs. I'm usually backing Tom Herman when it comes to being an underdog, but I don't think I'm going to this time. I, I can't believe I'm saying it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna lay the seven on the road. And uh, I can't think of too many times I've done this. But I I really like what Mike Gundy's got going on down there. I think I picked Oklahoma State to make the playoff this year, and I think that they're going to start having to torpedo some names. like Mason Rudolph, he, he deserves to be up there in the Heisman conversation. He should be the top quarterback, in my opinion, him or Baker Mayfield. And it's games against Texas where you really throw your name out there. So I think Rudolph tries to show out. If he can on Saturday morning, uh, you're getting sorry. You're giving seven, but I think it'll be all right. It Gets you a ten point, maybe a fourteen point victory. So give me the Cowboys. Boom. Who you got?
2: Well, you know, uh, I talk pretty much every week about how much money Oklahoma State loses me on a week to week basis. It's actually ridiculous um, how much they reach into my wallet. That being said, I love punishment. I don't know how to help how to help it i've kind of got the stockholm effect when it comes to oklahoma state so i'm gonna go ahead you know i'm gonna take the points at home with texas and let it ride oklahoma obviously very impressive they kept the game that close last week when i thought it was going to be a blowout is oklahoma good i don't know they got baker mayfield who's pretty damn uh hot right now so and uh, right also right now beat a, also beat a uh Pretty good Ohio State team. We'll see later in the season.
1: Did not beat a very uh, very not good Iowa State team, though.
2: Yeah, well, uh, shit happens at noon. You know that. That's where you make your money,
1: right? This isn't. That
2: being said, Oklahoma State is seven and one against the spread. uh, Last uh, last eight home games, they're not playing at home. Texas is five and zero against the spread. Their last five games overall. Usually, I think that streak comes to an end. Not this weekend. I think Texas' defense has grown up a hell of a lot. I think Tom Herman's grown up a hell of a lot, and their damn offense is a much of tough SOBs. They're going to keep it close. You know, I mean, would would you agree that six and a half really does not make sense in this spot? I think it just went up to seven on Bovada or some of your friendly offshore accounts. So yeah, I'll take the seven.
1: I mean, you're you're right. Tom Herman in, in an underdog spot's usually a good play, but at some point Oklahoma State's really gonna have to show out and get Mason Rudolph in that Heisman conversation. I think that starts on Saturday. Um, next up, we'll get we'll get to it. I guess the quote unquote marquee matchup of the weekend. You got Oklahoma State, or I'm sorry, you got Michigan traveling to Penn State, uh, Happy Valley. Michigan beat Penn State. was a 45 to 10 last year. Just obliterated them. Um, and then, of course, Penn State turned around and beat Ohio State and caused all kind of havoc. But um was a little surprised to see this at nine and a half ten. 10 I figured this would be about a touchdown spread. I know Michigan's offense is nowhere near what it was last year, but their defense is still really good. Uh, Penn State has not – I mean, they've been good, but they struggled, I mean, last second play to beat Iowa on the road. This is going to be a, one of those wide-out games, so you know the place will be rocking. Uh, Boone, what's your take?
2: Yeah, I mean – I. I'm only going to be on this game if I finish half a handle of Texas homemade vodka on Saturday. I mean, That's the only way that I'll be there. That being said, once it happens, I'm going to be on Michigan because I'm getting nine and a half. I get it's a wide out game, but how often does that really make a damn bit of difference? I think it actually puts a little bit more pressure on the home team to show out and blow the damn breaks off of the uh, competition coming in. James Franklin, that his whole mentality of being a head coach is going to come out to bite him in the ass one day. That being said, I think if they're up by a touchdown, they will definitely kick a field goal to cover right. with two minutes left. However, Jim Harbaugh, they've already lost, so Jim Harbaugh in the underdog slot, I just, I think he's going to have those damn guys ready to go. Nine-and-a-half too much, I agree. I was thinking this would be about a seven-and-a-half point spread. Right. People would – them, Vegas, thinking it would get bent down to seven and making them even match up. The fact that it came out at nine-and-a-half, I, I think that they're just undervaluing Michigan after the Michigan State lost severely.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I like Michigan here a lot too. You know, I picked Penn State to win yeah. the Big Ten, but here's my theory on this um, – so since Penn State or since Franklin's been there this is well, he hasn't had very many ranked versus ranked matchups this might be the first one and he has not been an underdog or a, a favorite against a ranked team yet and I know that coaches swear I don't look the spread you know we don't talk about that that's they know it like it's it's a different mentality going into this game expecting to win than the same spot last year against an Ohio State team where you know, probably around the same time of the season last year, it was another wide out game at home at night. They were the underdogs. Nobody expected them to win that game. They did win it. Now, everybody's expecting them to win this game. Um, Saquon Barkley's phenomenal. Trace McSorley's been really good or pretty good this year. hasn't been as good as he was at the end of last season. But, I mean, expectations have to start creeping up. You're a top three team now. Um, you know, possibly they might be number two. I don't know. I can't, I don't know the exact AP order. But, you know, expectations. They weigh I mean these are 19 20 21 year old kids so I think Michigan plays well here in an underdog spot don't think they play well enough to get the outright win but I could see this being like a 24 23 Penn State needing a, a late field goal to win this thing but I like uh I like Michigan plus 10 plus nine and a half I'll buy the hook just to be safe I usually do when it's in this kind of situation but uh I like Michigan here a lot and that's uh that's my take on that game and next up Another marquee Saturday night matchup. We got USC and we got Notre Dame. Um, quietly, just two one-loss teams. Um, not many people are talking about this game like you figure they would be. Uh, playoff elimination game. Saw Herb Street talk about that today, and completely agree. Whoever loses this is definitely out of the playoffs. So I think you'll see a little bit more urgency from both sides. Boomer, who you liking?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, I hate that this game and the Penn State-Michigan game are at the exact same time because I would tell you whoever the first game was, if the favorite won, the underdog was going to win this game, just straight up odds-wise. That's the way I'm looking at it. In this game, since you got to bet them both at the same time, I, I like Notre Dame. Their only loss came to what we're seeing is actually a pretty badass Georgia team. This year, Georgia's strengths were running the football. USC does not have that ability. I feel like Notre Dame's defense, defensively on the back end, they're going to be able to keep up with USC. Three and a half is a, is a little much for, for my taste. That being said, Brian Kelly, I think, has figured out what works for his offense, and that's running the damn football. I, I see this being maybe a touchdown, maybe one of those odd four-point Games, it's going to be close either way. I feel the fact that it's in Notre Dame, both teams have something to play for. Notre Dame, I mean, they haven't had a great season in a long time. This could potentially be it. So, I agree. Whoever loses this game is out of the contention the rest of the year. No yep. no question about it. I, I'm going to go ahead and eat the three and a half right here with, uh, with Notre Dame and let it run.
1: Yeah, this is one of those, I mean, obviously – as you know, we're yeah. always picking the biggest games, but would not touch this game, will not have any money. Like you said with the uh, the, the handmade American Texas vodka uh, comment a minute ago, it, it's going to take a, a handle and a half to get me to bet on this game. Um, not interested at all, but if you got to make me pick a side, I guess I'm going to take USC just because I think there's a little more value in being an underdog. Um you know, they might can score late if they are behind, that kind of thing. I mean, Darnold hasn't been great. You know, I kind of told you before the year, temper expectations on this kid. He's pretty good, but he's he's entirely overrated. If you go back and watch that Washington State game, he made some plays, but it's just frustrating. Um, hopefully they can run the ball a little more. Ronald Jones is a good back, but Notre Dame does all right, stopping the run. You know this at home. I think that helps a little bit, but I don't think Notre Dame's quite ready to blow out good teams. I still think USC is a pretty good team. I think this is a good bounce back spot for them. So I'm going to take I'm going to take the Trojans plus three and a half. I'm going to eat the three or I'm going to want to take what you're giving me with the three and a half. Uh, don't love it, but like I said, got to pick a side here. So I guess I'm going to take USC plus the three and the hook here. So. We got some NFL coming up, and you know it's like I always say: if you're watching the games, it's time to start making some money. Uh, my bookie. Wait,
2: didn't you didn't you skip one?
1: Didn't I skip one? I did skip one. You're right. Boom. Good call.
2: Come on now. Why are you Why are you skipping out on the uh, on the followers out
1: there? I mean, I'm just I'm excited to tell everyone about my bookie, but we'll come back to that here in a minute. Um, oh,
2: I'm excited to tell everybody about this damn game right here:
1: Louisville and Florida State.
2: <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and dive on into yep. it. Louisville has absolutely given up this year.
1: Yep, Louisville Florida State has something to play numbers. for.
2: They've got, they've got Blagman. You know, Francois is going to be back at quarterback next year. Unless Blagman rallies the troops and gives him a damn run for his money, Jimbo Fisher is a better coach than Bobby Petrino, who is already looking for his next job because Louisville is an absolute dumpster fire. Uh, Lamar Jackson might transfer mid and just get paid somewhere else. Very to unprecedented, football. but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, who knows? But Louisville does not have talent. Their season's over. They've got a bunch of players on their team that have nothing to live for. They're not going to play in the NFL. They're probably not going to go on to get meaningful jobs in their life. So, Florida State – at home, I think this is an absolute blowout. I'll take the seven and potentially double
1: it up. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I'm with you. It's like I've been saying for about a year now, Lamar Jackson's not that great. Like he is an excellent running quarterback. I watch that every week with Jalen Hurts. Like that Jalen Hurts is a phenomenal running quarterback. He's not a great passer. Lamar Jackson is not a great passer. Last week, again, they play Boston College. Boston College is a pretty good defense, but he completes less than 50% of his passes. For some reason, I got called a dick for pointing that out on Twitter. But, uh, like, if if you – like, that's a thing. If you are not completing – like, in, in the today's college football, like, you should be completing 50% of your passes. He went 19 for 39 last week. I mean, he racked up an insane amount of yards. He had, like, 500 and something total yards, but he's running the ball every other play. He can't make the throws. Like, if he sees – Anything he panics and he starts running. I mean, it works, but not all the time, not when you're down like they got down. Um, and I'm with you,
2: absolutely. And I'm with you, they've given up for value. Yeah, I'm always looking for value. And I would say any team that loses to Boise or loses to Boston College. Will have some bit of value the next week because of the line inflation. No, That's not the case right here. No, I mean, you're right. Last week showed that they have given up. This is a 12 o'clock game. They're not going to want to be there. They might have half their team just say, Nah, coach, I'm good. I'm just going to hang out and watch the games today at home.
1: Yeah. Like you remember last year, they had that Clemson game first. That was their first loss. And then after that, you know, they might have hung in there for a week or two and then they just fell off like Lamar had the Lamar could have set out the last five weeks of the season last year and still won the Heisman I think he basically did set out the last three he definitely set out the Kentucky game um, he actually played but it was awful um, he Louisville checks out like Petrino is a great offensive mind but he's not a leader like he, he can't keep these dudes in check and and you literally see it every year once Louisville loses a game they check out the State game they lost it obviously might have checked out a little bit because they just got their ass beat by Boston College um, Boston College didn't put up 45 on anyone they did uh, I'm with you Florida State rolls yeah. at home uh, I,
2: will, I will say Petrino you're right Petrino is not a leader he's a breeder and uh he's at the right place. No understand that. He might understand that and just needs to go look at her his Arkansas
1: days. Yeah, he's at the right place. Uh you know, I, I don't think he's looking for a new contract or a new place to work because he is at the perfect place to work, obviously. I don't know if they get a new AD they might clean house. But I'm with you. Florida State rolls, uh Louisville's checked out. So now Let's get to some NFL games, but like I said, if you're watching the games, you gotta start making money off it. Uh, My bookie is an industry-leading website that hooks you up for all your betting needs. Great odds, fast payouts, decades decades of expertise. You can bet with confidence. mean, um, you know, your team doesn't have to win. All I gotta do is cover the spread. Even if your team sucks, just start betting them, betting against them. It's easy as that. If they lose, you'll make money. If they win, you'll still be happy. Um, so you know where you bet. It's just as important as who you're betting on. And yeah, you know, we're always about my bookie. We love them. Um, been sitting on the sidelines all season, hadn't manned up yet. Now's the time. Get in on the action because my bookie's offering 100 bonus. Last time this year, that's right. After Sunday, no more bonus. So we've been harping on this all year. It is insane. You up to a thousand dollars? They're going to match you 100 of what you deposit the first time in your account. All you got to do is use uh, the promo code Deep Fried all caps. They're cutting that off after Sunday. So, if you've been waiting to get in, you know, maybe you've depleted your account elsewhere uh, and you want to open up somewhere else. Uh, I mean, it really is. I swear I use them. I speak very highly of them because I do use them. Um, Deep-fried, all caps, 100% bonus, but get it while you can. But now, boom, let's get to some NFL games. First up, Thursday night football, Chiefs versus Raiders. On paper – before the season started, I'm sure this was going to be an exciting matchup. If you had to guess which team was 5-1 and one going into this, I don't think you would have picked the Chiefs. What's your take on those Chiefs three-point road favorites?
2: Oh, absolutely. You know how I am. I'm sticking with the road team on Thursday night. It is uh, going to hit roughly 65 to 70% of the time on the cover. So far, we're below that number this year. So I'm going to keep on riding the home, home dog. Every single time on these nights, even even the home favorites, it's going to come out to 65%. So, you're going to come out in the money. So, if you miss a week, it doesn't count. Riding them. Derek Carr coming back in. I mean, yes, the Chiefs look fine. They look like a solid football team. But... Thursday night football. Weird stuff happens. Yeah. definitely taking the points of this fight. Love love the love the, love the Raiders catching three on Thursday
1: night. Yeah, this is one of my two or three favorite NFL games of the weekend. Raiders plus three at home. You're right. Uh the Thursday night games at home, it's it's a little bit different to be able to rest up at home, uh, not have to travel, put the extra wear and chair on your body. Oakland's gotta show up at some point. I mean, they just got to. They're too damn good of a football team. Their defense is not the best, but they still got a lot of talent on that side of the ball. I don't know what the hell's going on with the offense. I know Carr hadn't been exi- you know 100 percent since he got banged up a couple of weeks ago with the back. Amari Cooper, hey, show up, you know, prove to us that you still know how to play the game of football. As a frustrated fantasy owner, not just that. I mean, that kid's so much fun to watch when he's right. I don't know what's going on. Uh, they say his confidence is low. Hey, boost that back up, man. You're making a million dollars or millions of dollars a year to play football. Have some more confidence about yourself. You're good. We know it. Uh, just show it out Thursday night. Uh, I think Oakland catches some folks by surprise. Catches the outright win. Uh, take the three at home to be safe. I'm with you. Good spot here Thursday. Yeah,
2: and I will say that me investing in the Raiders tomorrow night, uh, there is zero faith in Amari Cooper winning that football game for uh, for me. I, I'm counting on literally everyone else around Amari Cooper. In tomorrow night's game, no. but a Mark Cooper probably is not going to be the uh, deciding factor. All right, kids, sit
1: down and man, he's got to show up at some point. Um, all right, so next up, again, we don't really have, we only had a couple scheduled NFL games this week. Uh, next one's the Sunday night game, which we're all looking forward to. It's the Super Bowl rematch, one of the greatest Super Bowls of all time. Touchdown, Tommy, uh, coming da- coming back down. Uh, 28-3. Boomer, you live in Atlanta. I'm sure you've seen those numbers uh, from time to time. Uh, Patriots, three-and-a-half point home favorites. Public actually split on this. I was a little surprised. I thought that the public would be all over the Patriots at less than a touchdown. They're not. Uh, Three-and-a-half point home favorites against the Falcons. What's your take on this?
2: Yeah, I mean, the fact that the public is not all over the Patriots in this spot makes sense because – Most people like to bet on a high-powered offense. Everybody sees that Julio Jones is still on the field. They're saying, oh, three and a half is definitely going to be a field goal game. It's not. It's not. The Patriots played like absolute dog shit earlier in the season at home. They straight-up lost on Thursday night to a good Chiefs team. That's not going to happen again. The Patriots are still a good football team. They're still the best team. They're still, yeah, yeah, they lost it home to the Panthers. And that is what has taken their value down to where this is only three and a half. I'm definitely eating the three and a half points right here. I I, I hate looking back and the Falcons losing to the Dolphins because this spread would have been more. Yeah, and that was just total bullshit and skews the line a little bit. This week, going into it, that being said, I mean, for sure, the Patriots cover this. I love actually getting to pick them, feeling good about it when I don't have to eat 13 and a half points. So give me the Patriots right here, all day.
1: All right, so let me ask you this. I mean, we're human beings. These guys, maybe except for Julio Jones, are human beings. Um, Like, there's got to be a psychological thing going in there. I mean, the 28-3 to 3 is going to be everywhere. I'm sure those Barstool idiots will have something where they go out and put – you know, they'll probably hand out the 28-3 to 3 shirts that they sold. Like, something – there's got to be a psychological – I know that they're, oh, we're over that. You know, we're on to this year. No. Like, you walk in there, you that, that's going to start bringing – it's like PTSD. Ah, oh, we had a 25-point lead in the Super Bowl with three minutes left in the third quarter and lost the damn game. Um, It's, it's a psychological thing, and – you know, nobody's really talking about this right now, but Atlanta's offense has not looked that good this year. Um
2: Right. That's mainly because Mohammed Sanu is a decision factor.
1: Right. I mean on their offense. second or, he yeah. may
2: not think he's that good, but he is a he valuable takes, part. It's not buy.
1: just that, yeah. He takes guys off Julio. You can't just double triple cover Julio every time when you got Sanu out there. Um it's not. I mean, we're not talking about that. I'm talking about Shanahan being gone. I'm talking about. I've seen Steve Sarkeesian in action. How the hell he got that job still baffles me, and it's kind of showing right now. Offense is down. They haven't really lost that many weapons. I mean, it's some new hurts, but I think it's more the coordinator. Um, I'm with you. I love the Patriots at home Thursday night. They'll be ready to. I mean, they'll be fired up. Um, you know that they want to show that that wasn't just some fluke that comeback. And Atlanta, like I said, I mean, we're human beings. I know you don't want to talk about this, and you don't want to act like it's a realistic thing, but, you know, psychological issues have to come into this. It, you know, PTSD is not the best word, but, it's you know, obviously we're comparing football to war. No, I mean, there's – but it's something that's a psychological thing that's going to pop up in some of those dudes' brains. I'm, I'm rolling with the Pats, minus three and a half at home on Sunday night. And next we'll get to the Monday night game. We got the Chiefs. And we've got the Washington Redskins, uh, or the Chiefs, I'm sorry, the Eagles and the Washington Redskins. Uh, The Eagles are four-and-a-half-point home favorites. Monday night, Boomer, who do you like here?
2: Yeah, I'm rolling with the Redskins right here. Those extra two points of where the line's supposed to be is because the Eagles are having a long week and have shown that they are totally overvalued. People are saying that the Best team in the NFC. They're going to go to the Super Bowl this year. They're not. They're not. They just won a lot of games, and they've won a lot of surprising games. Most notably, last Thursday night, that I had the damn Panthers on, thinking it was going to be a good spot, which it should have been. It should have been. There were about five different times that the Panthers could have covered three, and they chose not to. This spot on Monday Night Football Five is way too much. This is a field goal game. It could honestly go either way, but it's going to be close for sure. Give me the Redskins plus five.
1: Yep, I'm with you. I uh, love the Redskins. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping this gets somewhere to six, six and a half. I um, hate Washington wins this outright. There's too much hype about uh, Philadelphia. Wentz is good, but like, no. Like, remember last year, you know, he started off, I think they started off 3-0. And he looked like a world beater, and everybody's like, oh, my God, you know, how did this kid not go one overall? And then they kind of fell back down to earth. He's got to have his fall back down to earth moment at some point this year, and now they surrounded him with some weapons. And that offensive line is really good. But – He's going to come back down at some point. Uh, Washington's defense is surprisingly pretty good. Um, and I think that I think the Redskins will get it done outright Monday night. I'll take the 49ers. Yeah,
2: they also had their lead-down game last week against a very shitty 49 San Francisco 49ers team. Right. So that's not going to happen again. That's where they've got – I mean, I can't believe five's coming into play. You're not going to get six in this game. I'll tell you right now, if anything, is going to go down to four and a half. Possibly four before game time.
1: On uh, I mean, I don't know. I think you could inch up there. I um, mean, I think what well, this is what three point game if uh, mm-hmm. both teams are on a bye last week.
2: Oh yeah, for sure, easily. I mean, you know, with the way that the Redskins played um, a few Sunday nights ago against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, then maybe it's a two and a half point game.
1: Yep, I'm with you. I think uh Washington's definitely play there. All right, so that's our scheduled games. But now it's the most important time. It's the moneymaker. It's the vault. Boomer. Who are your five favorite picks of the week?
2: Man, just uh golly, spring it on me. All I've been doing is just sipping on a nice earthy Pinot Noir the entire night. Oh, house red mellow. Oh yeah. It's it's a it's a red blend. And it's all leading up to this. First obviously we'll start out with uh the Wake Forest Demon Deacons getting six and a half at Georgia Tech. I think Wake Love Forest's it. run defense has already shown that they're pretty capable of stopping a running offense, now an option offense. Who knows? I'm still fading Georgia Tech because they've been getting value nonstop. Yeah, let me then, uh,
1: let me interrupt you real quick. Um, and just point out that Virginia or Georgia Tech is one of three or four teams, depending on your book, that is against the, uh, undefeated against the spread this year. That will not keep up. Sorry, go ahead.
2: Yep. Then I am going out west, riding the Cal Golden Bears again, coming off a huge win last week at home against Arizona and getting three. Love it. Going to ride Cal. Next. This one was a hard one to swallow, mainly because I don't know anything about Charlotte. Not the Charlotte Bobcats, the University of Charlotte. Love it. Catching seven at home against the UAB Blazers. I was on UAB last week. I'm coming off of them this week. I think they still get the outright win, but, I mean, come on. It just, the line makes no sense. Seven at home for Charlotte. Go ahead and grab it while you can. Then, getting into a little bit of the uh, NFL action, I am grabbing the L.A. Rams. I hate that it's three and a half, but I'm going to go ahead and swallow it at home against a very terrible Cardinals offense, who is still terrible, but because Adrian Peterson's old ass crippled in last week,
1: yeah, I had one makes day. people
2: think, Makes people think that this should be some sort of an even matchup. It's not.
1: I'm with you. LA's
2: time. defensive line is going to totally crush Carson Palmer and Adrian Peterson at the line every step of the way. And Jared Goff is going to be airing it out. I think this is the chance to become an absolute blowout. Then I'm, I, I really, I, I didn't want to give this out, but I'm going to because. I just, I like to take chances. Give me the Baltimore Ravens plus five and a half going into Minnesota at 1 p.m. on Sunday. Makes not a lot of sense considering they got blown out last weekend by a very, very terrible team. Vikings won the game because they crushed Green Bay's hopes of going to the Super Bowl again this year. But. I'm gonna go ahead. Yeah, five and a half points. What the hell? I'll take it. I think it's, I think it's a uh, field goal game. NFL's feels weird like that.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, Ravens five on the hook. Rams minus three and a half. Charlotte plus seven and a half. Cal plus three. And Wake Forest plus six and a half. Uh, I think you know we had some some similar opinions there. Uh, <clears throat> I think we both liked the grab value. I like that Wake Forest and the Rams pick. I didn't pick either one of them, but they were some that I had written down. As you can tell, you know, we're both shopping for value, and those two plays offer it. Uh, but all right, let's get to my vault. First up, we got the 49ers plus six, uh, one of my favorite NFL games of the weekend. The 49ers, uh, first team in NFL history to lose five straight games by three or less points. So they're competitive every week. Cowboys, yeah, that that Ezekiel Elliott thing has got to come into play at some point where like they don't know what the hell is going on or the game plan with him without him. Uh, the bye week they spent a lot of it not thinking he would play now they think he is going to play so that's got to start fucking with guys at some point 49ers plus 6 at home next up Cincinnati you're getting 7 against SMU uh, Luke Fickle will have those boys uh, he'll have them ready to roll against SMU I like what SMU's doing Chad Morris is building a good program there but Cincinnati's at home they're catching 7 points I'll take the 7 there uh, hopefully not get blown out uh, next up we got Kansas, the Jayhawks baby 39 point dogs against TCU playing in prime time and you know why they're playing in prime time because the last three or four times these teams have met TCU's won outright but I think the margin of points has been like one, two, three and one like um they play these teams they play each other close every single year. TCU is seven and0 they've looked really good. It's time to start, you know, kind of looking for a letdown. They always have one of these. TCU's not going undefeated. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you now. They're probably not even going to win the conference. Uh, Gary Patterson's kind of skated by. Last week, good win in Manhattan, Kansas. But it was a re- a really weird game that it had, like, several delays. Um, I think Kansas keeps it relatively close. definitely keeps it within 39. Next up, we got South Alabama, four and a half point favorites against Louisiana Monroe. Publics all over Louisiana Monroe for some reason. South Alabama, uh, mini bye week, playing last Wednesday, beat Troy at home. They're at home again, four and a half point favorites. I'll I'll eat the four and a half, take them. Next up, we're taking Navy plus seven against Central Florida. Navy really good as an underdog. Um, Scott Frost, who is Central Florida's head coach, has actually been playing. Uh, He's been playing scout team quarterback this week to try to prepare for the option. Uh, That's weird. That's really weird. Got to take away from preparation a little bit. And, uh, you know, he gets knocked out one good time and, you know, a little concussion action. But I like Navy plus seven. They are good as underdogs. So let's roll through those one more time. South Alabama minus four and a half. Navy plus seven. Kansas plus 39. Cincinnati plus seven. And the 49ers plus six. All right, boom. Let's bring him in. Cold beers, chugging. Stone Cold, Steve Austin, Lock of the Week. All right. I'm fired up. You're fired up. Boomer's fired up. Boomer, how fired up are you? Who's your Stone Cold, Steve Austin, Lock of the Week?
2: Well, I'd be more fired up if uh, we were giving out the same game twice, which we are. I am giving out the New Mexico Lobos catching six and a half at home against that Colorado State where I touched on. Yes, they're a decent football team. Are they six and a half point better than New Mexico? Actually, just went to seven as I'm watching it. As I am watching it doing yeah, this podcast, we just went, seven went to seven. Before we started. Just went to seven while I'm speaking, literally in the past 10 seconds, went to seven. I I don't know what to say here other than I want to make sure that everyone's bank account is full on Saturday morning to go ahead and dive on into the fun. Take, some, take them back to go, catching the seven points.
1: Yep. Hey, well, uh, the pick's so nice, it had to be made twice, twice. Uh, you had a nice pick in your vault, the Charlotte 49ers, and I had a nice pick in my Stone Cold Steve Austin lock of the week. The Charlotte 49ers, baby. Uh, our friend Ryan McGee over at ESPN does a column called "The Bottom Ten every week—the ten worst teams in the, in the college football country—and uh, Charlotte's pretty, 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 uh, pretty locked down in that number one spot. They are not very good. Uh, they lose a lot, and they're at home this week. But you know, they're playing. They're playing UAB, and good for UAB—they're doing some nice things in the community, and uh, they're getting some wins. You know, they've already over their Vegas win total for the season, so good for them. But like I said, this Penn State thing against uh, Michigan, there's a whole different ball game playing as a favorite as opposed to playing as an underdog. UAB's been a good feel-good story this whole year. Now people are expecting things out of them. Seven and a half points. Like they haven't, they didn't, they didn't play football. Their program did not exist the last two years. and Now they're seven and a half point favorites, six or seven weeks into a new season. I think this pumped the brakes a little bit, folks. Charlotte has been playing football these past two years. Um. Let me give you another stat, 91% as I speak right now of the public are on UAB, <laughs> 91%, I'm going to back the 9% all day, every day, Charlotte, plus 7.5, for literally every cent my boogie will let me put on it.
2: And you know what, you're back to the 9% because we are the 1%. We are because the 1%. Where all the, all the money comes from this podcast right here and turned you into the 1%. That's right. Go ahead and
1: have at it, folks. We're the single percenters here, and we're taking Charlotte plus seven and a half on Saturday against the UAB Blazers. And that's my Stone Cold Steve Austin lock of the week. Boomer! Hell of a week out here. Lots of winners were given out today. Uh, like I said, stay tuned on Twitter. 37 and 17 NFL picks for your boy over here. Uh, we're only going to continue to do better on those. And we'll have more college football plays. We're going to get a lot better. We're, we're, I, mean, we're, I feel it right now. This might be, we're, we're just killing it right here. Hell of a weekend. Boom, what you going to send the fine people off with?
2: Oh, man. I mean, just a bunch of damn winners. And, uh, you know, go ahead. Splooch a little bit. Get in on those noon o'clock games. Get on those one o'clock games. Get on those midnight games. Yeah. And just, you know, never chase. Never chase.
1: Always chase. Um, but let's do it. Let's have a good weekend. Check us out. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. On iTunes, tell your friends. Again, thanks to Peter Burns from ESPN SCC Network for joining us. That was great.
0: And uh, we'll catch you next week.